Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Joel Elston here. Today is Thursday, May the 3rd, 2018, 8 a.m. Eastern Time. Your first daily dose of happy for the day. And I'm happy to say Joel's back. I mean, I only get to talk to him once a week, but it's always great when I talk to him. So, Joel, how are you doing, my bud? Things are really good. I'm, I'm excited to be here. I love Thursdays and, uh, you know, that's getting to get caught up and I've been waiting for this show. We talked a little bit about it last week about what we're going to be doing. And it is so relevant with, uh, uh, a lot of the stuff I deal with on a daily basis with my clients. So I'm excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, the impetus behind this week's show was twofold. First of all, like you said, last week we touched on the topic of blame and afterwards, um, I remember asking you a question, something along the lines of, is there a valid role for blame in anything? And uh, we decided that was a pretty good topic. And then th- this week you posted something on your Facebook timeline that said, I, I believe it was uh, victimhood is the new entitlement or something like that. And I figured, yeah. well, geez, we just we just found two topics to tie together. So we're, we're going to be touching on something, once again, that, that's a little bit of a hot button, a little bit painful at times. And we'll obviously have to be a little bit careful about that. But nevertheless, this is very poignant. And like you said, you run into this in your practice all the time, don't you? I do, and and you know, you you as we discuss this, I always sort of like to give a disclaimer. Um, you know, the the when you're going through traumas and you've been through really tough stuff, it's it's not uh, we're, we're not minimalizing that, or we're not uh, saying that it's not it doesn't matter. But I, I see very often people become their trauma. They live their trauma year in and year out. They are defined by their trauma and they, they, they become a victim of society. They become a victim of, of everyone. One of my stories, I shared this probably a couple of years ago when we were doing the show up when I was, uh, years ago when I was in the middle of my addiction, I met this young lady, uh, uh, it's a very crazy story how I met her, but she, she, I ended up staying with her for about a week and, um, cause I was desperate for a place to stay. And she was, probably the most negative person on the entire planet. I mean, everybody was her, uh, you know, picked on her. Everybody did these things. And she just, all she did was talk about how everything, she was even on Oprah Winfrey about, you know, just almost being the victim of all these things. And uh, wow. um, so I, 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 you know, and I hung out with her about a week and in the middle of my addiction, I, I took some money that it's called stealing. I stole money of hers and, uh, uh, and, and moved on and, and really didn't think much about her. And so when I got into good recovery, part of recovery is, is making restitution. And I remember doing that dastardly act. So I, I, I began the process of trying to find her and, and uh, I got recovery in 1995. This probably happened in 1988. So this is before the internet was so pervasive and AOL and all the stuff that was really sort of just beginning back then. So I, I, I couldn't find her. But as time went on, I found, I remember her son's name and I found him on Facebook. Then I was able to find her. And the amazing thing was, it was 20 years after I had seen her last, her Facebook posts were identical to the 20 years before. My, everybody's against me. My own son's against me. My, and, and, and I, I, I felt so sorry for her. Uh, and, and I sent her money anonymously. I didn't want to get involved with her after seeing that. I don't want to get drawn, drawn into the negative. But I, I sent her some money anonymously uh, with a money order, and, and you know, she got it. She cashed it. I could check that. But, wow, it, it just was interesting to see 
over a 20-year span, from my perspective, nothing had changed for her. And the biggest problem that I think that even more today than it was back then is, is almost this, this concept of, and that's where the blame ties in, it, it's nobody's at fault for anything. It's who do we blame? It, you know, if, if there's a, uh, uh, there was a, a, yesterday, I'm happy to catch a glimpse, there was a, a some kind of airplane crash in Georgia. Uh, I think it's military. And, and, and the brief moment that I was at this store and I'm hearing, you know, well, what happened? Who's at fault? Was it pilot? Air? Well, we just had five people die. Let's, let's not that it's not relevant. So we don't do it again, but it's just, we get to a default place of who's at, who's to blame. And, and that becomes, you look at all the investigations and all the things we have going in the, the government, it's just so much emphasis is placed on blame and blame is the bedfellow of victimhood when, when, well, nothing's my fault. Everybody's picking on me. And, and one of the things that I work with my clients the most is about personal responsibility. At the end of the day, we are where we are because of us. Things happen. Our response to those things is in our control. And that's a really hard pill to swallow. And I inevitably, in fact, in the Facebook post you're talking about, and I, I, choose, I chose not to engage him. Um, but I, what, one of the people that uh, did so well, that, you know, sometimes there's you know reason to blame, or, or sometimes you are a victim, and and uh, you know a lot of people hold on to that. I know people that protect their victimhood because they spent so much time on it. They protect it like they're guarding some valuable uh, uh, product or something valuable possession they have, and they're afraid to give it up. And it, it's it's debilitating. It really is, and it's uh, it goes against where traditional therapy is going now, where. Uh, you, you, oh, poor thing, this happened. We, we, we must just, just really spend all this time on your trauma. And I'm not minimalizing that we have to work on the trauma. That's absolutely a fact. But you just don't want to become defined by your trauma. And I think that happens a lot nowadays. I think it does, too. Another uh, aspect of this, and th this is where my question came in, I think. I was in a conversation with somebody on Facebook. It was about law of attraction. And at one point... I used the word responsible, and I said specifically responsible does not include blame. And and I got challenged on that by someone saying, well, you know, that's maybe the way you define it, but most people define responsibility to include blame. And I, and I was specifically trying to find a word that says I, I am going to accept some responsibility for my own life, but I'm not talking about blaming myself or blaming anybody else. So I want a word like that. So I said, right. well, okay. Well, that I understand your, your complaint because I, I know that the word often is defined that way. Can you give me a word that does not include blame? And she admitted that she couldn't, but she also continued to defend the concept. And I'm thinking, and the concept involved blame. And I'm thinking, well, what does this say about our society? Every single word that we that I can think of, and I was going through them. It was like, well, there's responsible. That's probably the cleanest of them. There's fault. There's guilt. I mean, there, there's a whole bunch of them, and they all imply blame. I mean, isn't right. it possible that this this concept that blame infiltrates every attempt to accept responsibility for one's own actions that that's what's driving the blame cycle? Well, and and it, I believe so. It's one of the I, one of the statements I use, and I, I actually have it on my phone, and I'm looking at it now. Is you know to be responsible is to be answerable or accountable. Uh, that, that's that's what being you know at the end of the day, my decisions got me to the place that I'm at. 
to be at fault is to be responsible for a failure or worse or a wrongful, wrongful act. And then the other definition for, for blame is, uh, finally, blame is just to hold, not just to hold people responsible, but to find fault with. So the, there, there's this concept, even though it all sounds the same, at the end of the day, to me, responsibility, being responsible, is I can own my stuff. That's my stuff. And I don't need to get into the drama of, of you know, let, let's figure out who's to blame. Because the, the blame to me started as a legal, sort of a legal thing where we, we need to find who's at fault to hold them accountable in the legal process. Well, now we have turned it into who's to blame to, to make excuses for behavior. And, you know, I this happened to me, so I have the... Uh, that's why I went out and killed nine people. Well, that's at the end of the day, you're responsible for killing nine people, regardless of what you went through. So there is that discussion. And a lot of people say it's just semantics. Uh, but to me, it's how you define things. It, it's, I, I'm very much a, a, a the, the definitions of words. I, I think your inner dialogue is really important. Being responsible is a healthy mindset to take responsibility, to be accountable. I did this, move on. Uh, you know, I, I, I can, I, 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 nothing works better if you're wrong to say, yes, you're right, I'm wrong, I apologize. But, okay, um, that, that, that's hard to argue with that, Walt, you know, if, if I'm, <laughs> I'm responsible, absolutely. <laughs> well, so there's it, al- there, it there's does a, make a difference. Well, there's also another piece of that, too. We see all the time, it's become the new thing to do. If you're a politician who's been caught in some circumstance, then you, the, the thing to do is to stand up and say, I take full responsibility. And when you right. actually iron it out at the end of the day, taking full responsibility amounts to nothing more than saying, well, yeah, I did it. So what? <laughs> right. I mean, there's, there's no actual production of any good that comes out of it. It's just, well, I accept responsibility. Right. And I'm wondering... Yeah. Well, it, see, see, this is where I, th- I see blame coming into it, because blame becomes well, it, the, the, the ongoing way of saying, I won't actually take any personal responsibility to the point of doing something about it. Right. Well, to me, to be responsible and be accountable is 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 more than just, t- you know, like the politician's version of it. It's actually doing it. I'm wrong. I have to make amends in some form or fashion, what that, whatever that may mean. Uh, a, a lot of times, you know, the, the, you know, and I'll, I'll probably don't want to go there too deep, but I remember when Tiger Woods cheated on his wife and, oh, and yeah. all this drama happened and, and he goes in front of TV and I'm so sorry. I take personal responsibility. It's my fault, blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to go to treatment. Well, what he's saying is, it's not really my fault because I have a sex addiction. I, I would have had so much great respect if he'd have said, you know, I did. And it's really between me and my wife. And I'll, I'm sure it'll cost me about a half a billion dollars when I'm done. But it's really none of your business. I, I would have been much happier with that answer uh, versus, well, I'm going to go to treatment because I have a sex addiction. And hopefully my wife won't divorce me and this will play better in the media. Uh, you know, on the other side, years ago, David Letterman was caught having an affair with uh, his, his, one of his people at work. Uh, and he goes on TV and says, I did it. You're right. If they fire me, they fire me. Uh, uh, he was suspended. And he accepted the suspension, did not make a single excuse. There's, there is, he, he, he did his suspension without pay. 
all that stuff to me is about there is a difference of taking responsibility, being accountable, and moving on. Blame is an ongoing process. Once you get in the pit of blame, it just keeps going. It's just, well, th- yes, however, this happened because of my childhood, or this happened because this person did this. And, and blame is a very deflective point of the law of attraction. In my mind, it has the opposite effect. Because the, the part of the self-responsibility in the law of attraction is really feeling, I am accountable. I, I, I'm accountable for my, the way I feel today. If, I, if I'm happy, that's my, that's my choice. If I'm sad, that's my choice. And, and when I understand that, that helps a lot, a bunch. And, and, and there is a difference to me, but I can see where the average person would say, because, because it's so entrenched in our society, you see it in school all the time. You know, back in the old days, uh, you know, some kid would push a kid and they'd beat each other up. The principal would come and, you know, and I'm not saying that was the best thing to do either, but they'd separate them and then, and then they're done with it. Now, now they have these court cases over nine year old fighting. And, and it's like, we've probably stepped over the line just a little bit in this, this blame game. And, um, so, so let, I, I, I don't do it. So let me ask the question that I raised last week. What valid role does blame play? In my mind, it, outside of a court of law, it has no valid role. In my mind, it, it I see so much time wasted. Let me give you an example of a family coming in. You have the son who's an addict. The mom and dad have enabled him for years, and there's just so much stuff going. They could spend seven months arguing over what the other one said and who's at fault, who blamed this. You know, um, one life coach I know, which I really. Uh, just re- respect a lot. She calls, she says, blame is resistance to the law of the trade. It's, it's part of the resistance of oh, the law. Oh, it definitely of is. No doubt about that. Uh, yes. And, and so it, it, you know, in, in, to me, the, the, the only advantage or, or the only point of blame would be from a legal standpoint, this person's at fault and there's a consequence that society is going to place on this person. Uh, and, and that's where the, to me, that's it for blame. Uh, you know, it, it, it's being responsible. Uh, here I am is much different than, well, you know, yes, I did it, but, or this happened, but, and they, these things happened to me. So obviously I'm going to go this. So I, I just think it's, it doesn't play a role for in my world. Now that this is an individual thing for a lot of people. I, I know that there are some, you know, if, if we have traditional therapists listening that are just appalled by this thought process of it's not this person's fault because of what happened to them or their depression is not their fault. And this is where I part ways. They are responsible for their own depression. People may have done things to them in the past or traumas may have happened, but at some point after we get past the initial stuff, we have to own it, our part in it and move on. Are there consequences to not taking that position because like you said, the traditional therapeutic community in many cases doesn't agree with the idea of blame playing no role because, you know, the the general idea is, well, this just happened to you. You know, you, you, you don't, it's not up to you to accept any blame for it. There was, it was the attacker or was the abuser or whatever it was. And they're totally to blame. And certainly the attacker deserves to say, Hey, you know, 
attacker or abuser, you did something that was way out of bounds, and you you need to be held accountable for it. That that goes without saying. But you're you're going a step right. further, and it's I think it's an important step to to look at. So uh, I'm I'm not quite sure exactly what my original question was, but you know how do you how do you deal with this fact that there are there there are two different views on it? And I guess I know what the question was. The question is what's the consequence of following through on the idea that the person who is depressed, the person who's in the bad place, doesn't have to accept responsibility for, for being in that place. What, what are the consequences of that? I have seen people live in their victimhood and not take responsibility for years. It's a debilitating mindset. Um, we, we had this, uh, uh, I've used this example several times in the last few months and uh, when I was at the Social Security office. And getting uh, Justin's uh, social security card changed over to my to his new last name and all, and we we were there, and uh, I was there and, and talking, listening, trying not to talk to people, leave my headset, and I'm looking at a bunch of people who had things happen to them, and they were they were their big debate internally was how much disability are they going to get? None of this is their fault. They can't work. They're viewing it from such a negative that it, it, it just was very sad because I'm like, oh my goodness, you're going to be getting $900 a month. And, and this is, you're not, you'll have no mission. You can't, it, it's, I don't understand why you would want that, why that would be so valuable. And when I say that, of course, there's going to be people listening that disagree with that too. I'm not talking about severely or profoundly disabled people. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, somebody who, who, you know, hurt their back a little bit and, and they have a little pain and they, they're, they're wanting full disability. And, and in reality, why don't you learn something else? Why don't you, there's a lot of things you can do that doesn't require you to use your back. But it, it, it is about looking at that role and it has an intriguing concept to it. Blame has, it, it's sort of like, you know, I, I talk about being addicted to chaos and depression. I see people that are addicted to blame and victimhood as much as anything else. It is something you can get stuck in for years. Just like this young lady I described, her consequence is she, she had spent 20 years and probably it's been 10 years since that happened. Now she spent 20, she's probably spent 30 years of her life being everybody's victim and not treated right. And, and what a horrible way to live Walt. What a horrible way to live. It, well, it is, yeah. How pervasive is that? Very, and I think it's becoming more. Um, it, it, I, I see it more and more of, of just the failure to uh, for, for society the the concept of holding people accountable. And I'm not talking about hardcore. Just, just at the end of the day, let's quit. You know, and I think that the, the news cycles and all the stuff sort of add to that because you know you you can't say a word. Uh, without you know, one of the politicians, they can't say a word with everybody just sort of, you know, it's, it's like a feeding frenzy 24 hours a day of everything that that is, is said and, and who's at blame and who's at fault. And if they spend as much time running the country as they did figuring out who's at fault for all these various little things, we'd be in really good shape. But they don't. <laughs> They're spending all this time over there. So it, it, it is, you know, I, I do think we, we have a tendency to do that. And, and this is another piece to get into that's, <laughs> something that we want to be really careful about is, and, and again, I don't want to upset anyone, but th that idea that, you know, it, it is you 
you have to respond to whatever happens in you. Whatever's going to happen in life, it's going to come along. People are, and you're going to have to deal with it. And I, I'll have people say, Joel, you don't understand what I've been through. I know, I know people who have been through ungodly childhood stuff that I would not even describe over the radio. Terrible stuff that have gone on to be wildly successful in life. They use that pain to move forward. They use that, that they refuse to be a victim. And so many people today, it, it, it's almost like an excuse not to perform. And, and it's rewarded sometimes. It's, it's rewarded by, uh, you know, I, I, I know this one young man that I'm trying to work with right now. His, his, he's from a wealthy family. He's like 25 years old. And he, he, he's, Claims he had, he can't find a job. He can't go to school. His anxiety's out of control. He's able to go party all weekend, and his family's supporting him. Oh, but he, yeah, yeah, he's, he's able to go have a lot of fun. His anxiety doesn't hurt his having fun. Um, but when it comes to getting a good job, he's too anxious, and his parents just allow this to go on. And I, I told him, I said, in her words, well, it's not his fault. And I go, yeah, it, it really is. It, it's, I'm not saying his anxiety's not real. But he's not doing anything to work on it or fix it. He's not taking any suggestions. And, you know, he, he, he puts himself in a position where he, deep down, he doesn't want to work. You know? Wow. I, I had a conversation with somebody who is a law of attraction coach. I'm not going to name who it is because this isn't about personalities. But in this conversation, the person I spoke with said that in that person's opinion, the only way to deal with having been a victim of something, particularly something severe, is to go through often years of therapy and there's no way to avoid being the victim. That, in fact, there's no, there, there's no connection between the victim's thoughts and actions and so forth and being attacked. And so, therefore, there's no way to avoid it. And when it happens repeatedly, the only thing to do is to go into therapy for long periods of time until you're able to to desensitize it. And, I, I mean, I was kind of, to use the British term, I was gobsmacked by that one because it runs so counter to what I believe. So I want to see what, what your reaction is. I mean, what do you think? Is it something where, you know, especially if it happens multiple times, really there's just no connection to the person at all and it's just something they have to deal with? I, I see it. To me, that goes totally against what I believe in the law of attraction. At the end of the day, every single thing is our choice of how we respond to it. it, it horrible things happen. I'm not minimalizing that, but years of therapy – to me, is compounding it. It, it doesn't. I've, I've shared the young lady that, not necessarily a young lady, middle-aged lady that has spent 16 years in her psychiatrist's office trying to figure out whether her father molested her or not. Mm. And and you know, I I not that that's, that's a horrible subject, and I'm I'm sorry either way, but I literally told her let's let's pick a side and and, and move on. I mean, it, it, do you want to spend 16 more years of you know, here we are today, and, 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 and this sort of gets into the concept of difference of life coaching and especially law of attraction life coaching. Life coaching is about today forward. It is about let's, let's get solutions to where you're at now. You're depressed. Let's work on the depression. Let, let's do that. And, and therapy has its role. I'm not saying you don't need to look at it and discover it, but at the end of the day, do you want to spend 8, 10, 12 years? It, we don't have time for that in life. I mean, it, it's – Pick up and move on, and and 
it sounds so easy. And, and I'm sort of in a position myself that I sort of have the authority to say that because I picked up and moved on. On, not, on several major events in my life. Well, not and, only that, you're also I, I you're not you're not just a life coach. You're also a, a licensed therapist. You you have both. Yes, you have both sides of the of the yes. coin here. Yes. So that so that, that it, gives it, you a unique perspective, me, I think. Yes, and and so I I just hearing both sides and seeing the effectiveness the effective nature of it all, the the now going forward. The solution, the real time solution, you know, the, it, it, you know, the power of now is, is, is the book power of now is basically the lead into the law of attraction as well, but focusing your power on this moment, mm-hmm. you know, the, all that other stuff doesn't fit the power of now. It, it, it's just, you know, w- one of the things that I, I use, I always love to watch uh, uh, the nature channels and, you know, the, the gazelle that's running through the forest and, you know, the plains where, what would be chasing a gazelle? Maybe a lion? Let's call that. So this lion's chasing this gazelle, and it, and the gazelle's you know, all over the place, really, just panicking and trying to get away because the lion catches him over. And the gazelle slips between these two rocks and makes it to the other side. The lion can't go there. What does the gazelle do? The gazelle stops and just starts eating. Okay, that was cool. <laughs> the gazelle, the gazelle's, it, 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 you know, humans are the only one that have that, Oh my God, look what almost happened. The gazelle's like, it's done. It, 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 I got to move on. I got to eat. Now I got to eat. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it, humans have a compounding factor of trauma. And, you know, like when, when you're almost in a car wreck and you, you barely avoid it and your instincts take over, you're never scared while you're doing it. Then when it's done, you're like foot shaking, like, oh my God, I could die. Um, but while you're in the middle of it, you know, humans have that ability to say, you know, we, you know, but we didn't die. And we, you know, here's where I am. And, and you look at it, the focus on the historical stuff and the blame of why I am, it does help to understand why we are where we are. I, I have a very uh, uh, complex history. I have a lot of depression in my family. I battle depression. So I, I see where depression came from. I see where all that happened. It's a nice understanding that gives me a way to work on it, but I don't live in that world. It's not, you know, it doesn't, it, it, it's okay. Now I can identify that does run in my family, mm-hmm. but I get, I get to choose, you know, whether, whether it's going to run in me now. And, and that, that's a piece that, uh, uh, as we move forward, I think that's a big battle. I think that'll be a continued battle. Um, that, that, you know, the idea that this, this trauma is, something that just takes years and years and years and uh it's such a sad sad way to live i just i just don't think it's the right way to do it in my mind so we've we've kind of touched on the various aspects of this idea that, that you posted that uh, victimhood is the new entitlement and and that it creates a a uh, maybe we should we should spell we, we should just take a moment to kind of spell that out a little bit why, why is victimhood the new entitlement just so we can you know finish this conversation but yeah, and and I do think that the the victimhood, you know, that that quote, it, the reason it hit me is we we seem to be what is the 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 new entitlement? What is the new thing that's out there that you know I'm not at fault because of so and so, or or you know what is the you know the latest pop psychology theory out there? And excuse me, I'm battling a little cold. No, that's all right. Take but your this, time. This idea, yeah, but this idea that victimhood you know how, how it does what it does to you uh it it 
it places you in that mindset. If people own it like it is, as I mentioned before, they own it like it is, I am not responsible because of my victimhood. Don't you understand that? And it, it, it's, I have, a, I have the perfect example of, of, a, of, of a gentleman I've worked with for years. And um, he has Tourette syndrome. And it's a very baffling condition where you make these unusual sounds and noises when you're in public. Well, he's also a really severe compulsive gambler. And wow. what he will do is he will go in. He, will, he has a terrible combination. He'll go into a convenience store and, and scratch tickets, uh, lottery tickets, and then make these loud noises and cuss. And, and then he, he, he's asked to leave. And he just, he, 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 he has contacted probably 50 attorneys over the years. I'm going to sue them. They violated my rights. I have a right to be there. And I said, you don't have a right to sit there and, and use four-letter words in front of little kids or just scratch it off tickets, regardless of why. It, 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 it's just, he, he doesn't, he goes, he goes nobody, and he, he will own it with, with the biggest anger and passion. I'm the victim here. He will literally shout it. I'm the victim here. Nobody accepts that. Like, like it just means so much to be the victim here. And uh, so it, it is an entitlement to some people is sort of a pass for behavior. And, and it, it, it's, you know, I, I'm entitled to things because this happened. Uh, you know, there's other areas of entitlement over the years that have come up. And, and victimhood is, to me, you know, we used to be more of a country that was more about let's take responsibility. When, when I, um, you know, again, I mentioned earlier my addiction. When I, um, I had taken, again, stolen money from a company I worked with, you know, 25 years ago. Um, and when I, I got tired of it, I turned myself in. I faced a judge. I offered no explanation or excuse. I said, I'm accountable, Your Honor. I, I plead guilty without, without any explanation. Mm-hmm. And she was sort of baffled by that. She said, well, is there a reason why? And I said, well, there's an explanation, but at the end of the day, I did it. And it turned out to help me, because she appreciated the fact I was so you know, forthcoming. But it truly was just, I did it. There's, there's, I am a compulsive gambler. But I, I still stole the money. And, you know, the good news is I, I had to spend 30 days in jail. I had to pay, I, I, did, I paid every single penny back. Um, so at the, other than that, what else could I do? And, and so I, I owned it. And to me, it's freeing. If I would have just ran around, oh, I'm the victim here. I'm the compulsive gambler. Nobody understands that. What, what, you know, I never would have accepted my role and I couldn't have moved on. My success is because I accepted my role. Today, my success is built on that foundation of, of personal responsibility. When I'm wrong, I admit it. Boom, move on. And if there is restitution or there's amends to be made, I'll make it. Period. Okay. So let's take it one step at a time going in the other direction. Let's say you actually have somebody in front of you in your office, in in your clinic, who is a victim and they have recognized, miracle of miracles, they've recognized that they have a role. They played in it. What's the way out? Well, first it, it starts with a, it takes a lot of work to get the the concept of what we're talking about. Um, this is this is so difficult to get people to. You you have to present it slowly. Like sometimes I'll post things on Facebook, and now when I do that, it is 
what I call remedial stuff. It's, it's that initial walk. You have to almost start. You can't go right to the, the, the you're accountable, the, you know, you're the victim. You, you have to explain that to them because everybody, you, you have to see where the law of attraction works first. Then you have to see how the, the how being accountable and not being that victimhood or that blame is, a, as you know, because again, blame is resistance in the law of attraction. So it, when you see that, but you can't get there day one. So to me, it, it's about getting them to see how this all comes together. And it, it probably takes uh, I don't know, two or three sessions of, of them really understanding the, okay, here's the law of attraction. Here's how it works. Here's what you invite into your life. And here's what you're, and, and when I say this, it's, it's unintentional. There's nobody, I, I very seldom run across somebody who's like, hey, let me do this on purpose. It, they don't realize they're doing it on purpose, but they do. Mm-hmm. And and it, it's it's the same thing, you know, I've, I've witnessed with with me personally when the my finances, you know, the the concept with me in finances and how I, I, I never, you know, I struggled for many years with my money and, and, and the more I thought about the money, the more I struggled. And when I understood releasing that and, and, and all the other stuff that went with it, then I had money and it changed because I realized I, I, I'm not a victim of all of this other stuff. I'm not, it doesn't matter. Law of attraction doesn't care about all that. It's what you're feeling right now. And when you're in that victimhood, you're feeling like you can't have because of this other stuff. I, I'm not worthy or I can't have because this stuff happened to me. You know, it, it's just, it's, it's like uh, when, when I first got a felony conviction years ago uh, due to my actions of my addiction, I remember thinking I will never be able to, to work in the field that I love. I will never be able to do anything because I have that. I viewed it like, wow, it, it, this is, this is over. Like you know, your life I, every is time somebody, yeah. Well, and, and I, I jokingly tell people now my felony conviction has become a credential. It, it's, it's people are like, wow, you, you came back from that. Uh, I, I've adopted children. I'm a single male that adopted children. With a, I mean, so I, I, I just turned it upside down and uh, I, it happened. And I, I can't, I can't excuse my behavior. Of course not. I'm at fault. I did it, but I can show you my track record since then, what I've done since then. And that's the area that I want to focus on. So I use those examples to help people pull people out of the depths of that whole ongoing addicted mindset of the victim and nothing's going to get better. And I can't see because it's historically always been that way. You know, the, the, one of the young men that I mentioned earlier was looking for a job and he didn't really want a job. He said, I'm really tired of saying, hearing no. I'm, I'm, everybody just, he, 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 his theory is people have gotten together and, and said they won't hire him. No, okay. Accurate. And, and when I put, when I put this to him, it's really funny. I said, you've applied for six jobs in three weeks. You, you, and, so you're tired of no? I said, I know people that apply for a hundred jobs in six weeks. You know, you know, it's just, it, it, you haven't, his perception is, is he, he can't get a job no matter what. So that energy he brings in when he does that, he will never get a job with that energy. He mm-hmm. never will. Plus I don't think he really wants a job, but that's a different part of the story. Mm-hmm. Yep. And okay. So the first step then is the education of the person, helping them understand that they, uh, until they change their mindset, they're going to continue to 
carry on with the, the old pattern and it's going to go on endlessly because they haven't uh, addressed it. But even after you address it, I mean, you're in a bad place right there. You know, no matter what your situation yeah. is, you're in a really, really bad place. How do you climb out? How do you do that? I mean, your amazing story is that you climbed out. And obviously, that gives you a lot of basis for rapport with your clients. And you've actually told numbers right. of stories along that line. So the rapport certainly helps. But even so, they still have to climb out. Absolutely. And, and it, 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 I, everything that you know, it, we, we, I literally break it down to the most simplest of tasks. You know, they're, they're, within this life coaching skills the style that I use, I, I, I use a, a solution-focused coaching. I start with what the problem is now. What, what's your perception of today's problem? Um, I'm unemployed. I'm about to lose my house. Let's start with that. Do I call the mortgage company? Do I help them? You know, do I, what area can I address today to begin step one? It's about momentum. What, what does that look like? Uh, great example of this of uh, a young man that I worked with in the residential setting years ago. He, he, uh, he was, he was a credit of uh, one class away from getting his degree. And he, he quit school and, and I'm like, are you kidding me? You're one class away. And, Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I, I I can't get back into school. They told me I can't go. I said that's ridiculous. I said go when you get home, go see your student advisor, get that class taken care of, and you'll be fine. Well, I don't have any money. I said, Just go see her and, and figure out what you have to do. And uh, so with a lot of prodding, I, I get him to do that. So he left on a Tuesday, and he was you know, supposed to do that Wednesday morning. So Wednesday afternoon, I, I hadn't heard from him, so I gave him a call and said, you know, how did it go today? And he said, yeah, I knew it. They wouldn't take me back. I go, really? I said, that doesn't really sound right. I said, what? tell me what happened. Well, I talked to the lady, and she said that since I had an incomplete, uh, that I, I wasn't eligible for any financial aid, and I just got up and left. And I said, ah, that didn't sound right. So I had him call the lady, the, the, the student advisor, and she gets on the phone. She goes, oh, I'm really glad you called back. She said, you just got up and left. <laughs> and... and and, and she said, what I was trying to get you to say is all you have to do is go to the professor and have him agree to whatever the incomplete, turn it into whatever he can, he has the power to turn it into whatever he wants to turn it into. And there's another term. And, and if, if he does that, uh, you, you would be able to finish up and take that one class. And she said, in fact, he's here. <laughs> and uh, let me transfer you. So they trans she transferred to him. I explained what his scenario was. He was dealing with addiction. And he said, oh, my goodness, I've been in recovery for 20 years. Of course I will do this. And please take my class again. I, if I know this was going on, I would have helped you more. Now that I know that, please take it, and we, we'll get this taken care of. He was in school in three days. Wow. But he had anticipated, well, he, he had just bought into this, this can't work. And it, there had no shot at working at that point. So, okay. That's big. Okay. So if that's it, um, it, it just seemed too simple. Um, I mean, yeah. he, he's dealing with this really, really bad situation for the longest period of time. And just one little thing turns it around. That, that, that seems too crazy. I mean, let, let's, let's go from another perspective. The law of attraction. We mentioned that a few times. Obviously, that's what the show is about. So let, let's go at it from that way. How do you use the law of attraction in the the process of climbing out, how how do you how do you overcome victimhood using the law of attraction? Well, it, the the law of attraction is pretty much that the law of action. 
the, the, you know, within the law of attraction is the law of action. What action can I take now that's moving in a positive direction? Uh, we just use that school thing as an example. That's the easiest one to, you know, but you're facing a felony criminal charge. You're facing a bad check. Let's take action. Let's pick up the phone. Let's call. I'm changing my life. What, how, the, it, when, when momentum begins, it, it gains a lot of steam quickly. When you can begin some type of action that gains momentum, you start feeling better. So I use it. All I need is a little success. I, sometimes it's the most simple success. I, I, I'd use the law of attraction by saying, hey, you, you, you haven't been able to get up before 10 o'clock in the last month. You got up at 8 today. Wow. That's it. I, I'll, it sounds silly, but I start with any success. I try to create a win. And, and, and then I use that win to apply the law of attraction about look at your life. Now, now that you've proved you can do this, now that you can move forward, let's do it. And then use that really excited, you know, that, that really, we got it, we got it, we got it. And, and I, I help them continue to get wins. The law of attraction then invites more wins. Then he starts, he or she starts anticipating wins. And then it, it, that's what happened. That's the law of attraction's action here. Now, and we talked a little bit about this last week about how um, your approach, your your perspective on it, is a bit different from, say, Abraham Hicks' approach. Um, although it, we also kind of agreed that they're really just two different ways of looking at the same thing. But the Abraham Hicks approach right. is to uh, get yourself into alignment first and and use that as ta- as a basis for taking inspired action. Whereas you kind of reverse the process. You say, well, let's take some action first in order to get inspired, in order to get into a better feeling place. Which is, right. is and, it's, and, and it's a different here, order. It's hard to get. Yeah, it's really hard to get somebody in my mind who has dealt with defeat and and negative thought processes for years. With that, with just that could take a long time before they really believe it. And they're not going. A lot of times they don't believe it can happen because they see zero evidence to support that. Mm-hmm. Well, you did that, but you're the lucky one. However, if they can, and and this is where you know the Mike Dooley's version of it, where you know. Your GPS only works when you get moving. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know that then, it, then it, no matter which way you go, it, it'll correct it. And, and, and that, I'm sort of that way. Any little win, it 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 starts that you know it it unfreezes where we're at. So it is to me that is about getting in alignment by by figuring out some win this person can have or helping them see where their wins are already at. You know it it's you know I know a very successful financial planner that basically lost everything. And he, he was so defeated, and he he, he said, "Well, the business has changed. I'll never make any money again." I'm like, Are you kidding me? I mean, it, it, the fact that you, you you I can't believe you're so easily defeated. And we 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 had to find areas that he still could win in his mind at, and we we used those tools to move forward. Now he's back to doing what he used to do, but he, he was stuck in this negative, and it's hard to pull him out. So getting aligned sometimes again, my you get to prime the well a little bit by getting them aligned. And, and that gives some type of win, some movement, some action uh, is, is required from my perspective to start the alignment process. It, it, you, you, can't, you can't just sit there. But I'm, no, that's, not, that's not accurate. You probably can't. It would be, I'll go back to what I went through. It would be very hard for me to sit there and believe things would be different, no matter who was telling me that because I was facing so much stuff. I had to move. I had to go get, I had to do stuff. And once I started doing stuff, Walt, then it made a difference. So you're saying that financial planner 
with your help, got it turned around just not by getting themselves into alignment first before they took any action, but you, you just helped them take some action steps in order to feel the alignment. That was the actual order right, of things. Right. It, right. It, 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 sometimes you can even go historically and use something that has happened and remind them of who they are, what they've done, successes, and you know where, where they're at. And that's anything that they can feel the alignment and say, you're right. If I can, if I can get their attention, get them to sit up in their seat and say, you're right, you're right. I get it. I can feel it. And once that, and that's that, that vibration, that's that law of attraction. When that gets lit, you're an incredible shape in my mind. And that, that's how everything you get going. But you uh, figuring out how to light it and light the fuse and, and get that movement. Uh, it is, you know, sitting on the old joke of sitting on the couch and and saying I'm 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 really want to invite a job into my life or I need to get a, a line before I go out and look for a job. But when you're in the middle of a depression, in the middle of a lot of lot of uh, failure, that's more difficult than it sounds. But if I if I can start a little wet, if I can get something, some movement. You know, I made my bed today. I got up early today. I I, I walked around the block. Something that does something different where we could compound. And I've, I've seen a marathoner I know now start with walking around the block and his depression. He now runs marathons. So it got him moving. And Abraham, I think, agrees with that because they've taught that if you're in a, a really bad place like depression, reaching for a good feeling place is just not within reach. It's, it's just not there. So they right. recommend the incremental approach. You know, when you're in depression, they say, go, go for something that's, you know, not per- perhaps in the very positive range, but in the less negative range, you know, something a little bit higher up, like, you know, frustration instead of being depressed or, or even getting angry to right. get some of it out or something like that. And then working your way up incrementally yeah, up the so. scale. And, 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 that, and I think, I think, again, we're saying pretty much the same thing. A lot of it is, you know, personalities and how, you know, how people do things, but the, 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 to me, depression is deep, dark depression is is the law of attraction on the opposite side of what we're seeking. It really is. So talk about uh, that for a little bit. Well, it, it depression is everything is negative. There is no hope. If you've ever and people overuse that term depression. I, you know, it, it, it's they're they're not feeling. You know, you're feeling down. There's all kind of levels of. I'm talking that. I've had depression where I was physically could not get out of my chair. I just couldn't stand up. I couldn't. Uh, my electricity was turned off in my house. There was food rotting in the sink, and I couldn't get up. It was I was paralyzed by my depression. There is zero chance that I was going to get into any alignment until something moved forward. And so the opposite, to me, the opposite of what we're seeking it, depression just brings you're vibrating on the most negative level possible. It, you're 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 inviting everything horrible into your life, and and it's and the law of attraction is responding. It doesn't again, law of attraction doesn't care, doesn't have emotion. So it's saying obviously this guy that's what he wants. So let's give it to him, and that's what you're vibrating at. And so to pull yourself out of that, you have to believe. And you know when when you're suicidally depressed or on the edge of suicidally depressed. The, you know, in all great respect to all the great law of attraction teachers, you're not going to get somebody to say, well, you know, your, your perspective's got to change. You know, they'll be like, okay, thanks, buddy. You know, <laughs> it, it, it really is so deep that, you know, you get a move. It. I, I had this happen. This isn't my recovery, but um, 
in, in that, in that depression that I was telling you about, um, where I was stuck in a chair, I was living in Tampa. This is before I got a recovery, uh, but I'd lost everything, fiance, everything was just horrible. And I had a friend that, that we used to play racquetball a lot and he came over and he bugged me to play racquetball. And I, I wouldn't answer the door at first. And he said, I want to keep knocking. And finally got up and said, what do you want? He said, we're playing racquetball. I said, I'm not playing racquetball. He said, I'm not leaving until we're playing racquetball. He literally just was not going to leave me alone. So we went out and played the game of racquetball. That got me moving. I got home. I cleaned up my house. I got things moving again. I needed that movement. I needed that little win there. That that I didn't win a racquetball. But you know what I mean? I, yeah, I, I know to, what you mean. Uh, yeah. You, you need to have yeah, the activity yeah. to, to get, get the feeling up in some way. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I think what happens is it's sort of curtailing, you know, sort of coattailing what we were talking about earlier is when a therapist or anyone is trying to uh, treat depression by reminding people how depressed they are. Well, isn't it hard? Yes. It's not your fault that, you know, all this happened to you. It, 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 you know, well, I agree the, the it is not their fault what got them there, but where we part company Staying there is your fault. It's the truth. And it's, 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 again, not the most welcome thing by a lot of people to hear that. But whatever gets us to depression, me being in that house and being, it had a lot of reasons of why I was there. But at the end of the day, I was responsible to get up and get moving, period. And, uh, and, and fortunately, I had a friend that really helped me do that. I wasn't going to do it on my own. But once I got movement going, that I could do it, and then and so that to me, that's when I walk people through it. I just I I, I just try to get some kind of beginning, um, you know, where where we can make something happen in a good way, and and then it grows from there, and and that that's sort of universal with everybody I work with, and it's it it, it does you, you could I've seen great things come from really really small beginnings or really depressed beginnings, but that change of mindset. And when you realize I depression is inviting more depression. Being happy is inviting more is inviting more happiness. It's, it's just the most simple concepts. And, and that's what I was going to ask you to talk about next. Why is that win so important? I mean, we know theoretically that you know Abraham teaches it. Other law of attraction people teach it that you got to have that alignment in some form. You have to find some way to get a happier oh. place some place that feels better than where you are right now in order to start attracting other stuff. But, but why is that win so important? What, what, what's so, what's such a big deal? I mean, you're, it's not like your circumstances have changed. It, it gives you hope. I mean, it gives, if, if, you know, in my, in my scenario, here, here, I'll describe a very dire situation. I ended up at a halfway house in Florida, August uh, 17th of 1995. I was facing felony criminal charges me, my fiance had dumped me. My family's not speaking to me. At a quarter million dollars in credit card debt, I just got fired from you know a, a, my job that I stole money from. I, I was homeless, and the vehicle I was in was when they found that they were going to repossess it. So, not exactly a great mindset to be in. No, uh, everything is horrible there. So, if you look at that whole picture, Walt, how do you get out of that? It, 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 I don't know what you do with that. I mean, that, that, I don't know how you get out of that. However, the obvious thing is I got to, I got to take some action. And I, I didn't know it at the time because I was so early in this, but I, I, I knew I had to get a job. So I went I, that night when I got there or the following night, I went and found a restaurant I could go to work at. Started working at a restaurant within a few days. 
And that, well, the restaurant did, that got me moving. It got a little bit of money. And obviously it didn't fix all those financial problems, but it, it at least gave me some action where I can, I can feel good. I started feeling a little better. I started to believe I could do this. And the more I did, the more I started. And I paid off over a period of five years, a quarter million dollars in credit card debt. I, I turned my life around. I stopped gambling. I paid off my restitution. I made amends to people I'd taken money from. And I did all that by starting waiting tables. That, and that, that's astonishing th- to think that about. That was the action that got me going. A quarter million dollars. That's $250,000 divided by five years. That's $50,000 a year on average that you paid off. That would well, seem let me, almost let me, in, that let, would be let, almost insurmountable. Yeah, well, let me let me throw a flag on that for a second when I say that. Okay. I, I negotiated debts on that quarter of a million dollars. Um, ah. I, I, you know, when, when you're really far behind, I do that for clients as well. Uh, I, by the time we were done, that quarter million dollars was negotiated down to about 10 grand. Wow. Um, so, it, yeah, yeah. But, it, but they got their money. My point is they got, they, they agreed to a, a payoff. Um, and it was, you know, it, it was less than 10 cents on the dollar, but, but they, they, you know, they were four years, they weren't, hadn't got any money. So, you know, they, but and you can do that. that. That's the beautiful thing. But I've, I've, I've spent hours on the phone with these, uh, credit card and finance companies negotiating this debt. And, you know, they, they, at the time they and they couldn't do anything. I mean, so I'm like, well, it's going to be off my credit in three years so I can wait it out or you can get some money off of this. And I made payments to them, you know, tiny payments over time. And so when I say I paid it off, I negotiated and paid that off. Okay. That, well, that's interesting, too, yeah. because isn't that what the – I mean, if you're in debt, you get all these calls from all these uh, debt reduction companies. Isn't that what they're basically trying to do? That's exactly what it is. It's funny because I, when, I, when I have a client says, well, I'm going to call this debt account. I say, we can do that. You, you don't need a debt. They, they charge a, a premium to do that. You can uh, – you can do that yourself. Credit card companies will do that. So, so th- there's a million and one ways to deal with that stuff. So, so it worked out well. Now again, I had this, I had this restitution to the state of Florida. They, they don't work out negotiated plans. They, you got to pay it off, pay that off. And, uh, you know, it, 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 all those wins started to get more wins. And so you, you, you know, that you have to start in some direction, some type of action. And when you get somebody motivated to a place of, I just got to get them to move a little bit. They can't expect to see the whole answer. I could, when I was doing this, Walt, I had no idea it was going to turn out as good as it did. I had no idea, but I knew I had to get started. And somehow you, you not only knew you had to get started, you actually got started and kept going despite the overwhelmingness of it. Cause that's the point I was trying to get to is you, you have this overwhelming task and you're starting by waiting tables and, and you know, that's practically futile. I'm, I'm almost amazed that it didn't stop you right there. Well, it, it, yeah, and and I I I don't know why, other than you know, it just it that was all that was available at the time as far as jobs go. I'm a convicted felon. Uh, nobody's going to hire me back then you know, with that new of a felony conviction, and so I, waiting tables seemed to be the only thing. And I, and then I you know I had other jobs. I did odd jobs. I I I you know did whatever I had to do, but it all sort of started coming together and paying paying a little bit at a time. And then I started getting, again, the more wins I had, the more I started to believe. And then when he started to believe, you know, what? and you know, the halfway house that I was living in, I eventually uh, took training to be a counselor there. And then I, I became co-owner of that company and, and, you know, everything just kept growing from there. So uh, it, it, it was an amazing journey that, 
it looks like it was all planned out, but I was clueless as we were going. I, I didn't know how it could ever work out. Yeah, yeah. And, and of course, today, you are incredibly successful. You're in high demand. I mean, how many job offers do you get per week? I mean, some ridiculous number. I don't remember what it was, but you, you've told me in the past. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I average one every 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 two weeks. Somebody's calling a job offer somewhere. And, and not anything yeah, that you're, yeah. you're not looking for a job. They're just calling you. They just found you, and they said, well, wow, I really want you. Right, yeah. Mo, yeah, like treatment centers, people are reaching out. They, they, they're running a new treatment center for addiction, the concepts that – uh, I, they want to implement that, and you know, I, I do consulting, but I, I don't want another job at this point, at least. But, and but the, uh, I, I love, I love what I do. I don't want to step away from it, but it, it's such a different world, you know. And, yeah. And all started with just a change of perspective. And uh, well, not only started with it, you kept with it. That that's the part that I think is yeah. just really noteworthy. You stayed with it. You you just refused to deviate from the idea that you can get better. And that it's up to you to get better. Yeah. And in the process, you got better. Yeah. And 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 then you know again the the, the discovery of the you know I, I instinctively knew this you know before I ever learned about the law of attraction. It's what I've always felt. Um, and then when I discovered the actual law of attraction and and how it works, I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I've I've, I've never have been able to put. I, I remember one time. I mean, years ago, well. Uh, I was in a really desperate state, and uh, and I can remember sitting on the back porch of a friend's house, and I'm going, I remember talking about the energy I'm putting off right now is so bad. Mm. And he looked at me, and he goes, what are you talking about? <laughs> I, 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 said, I can't describe it. I said, I, I, I just am putting off bad energy, and, 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 it, and he said, that's just ridiculous. Well, I, I didn't know about thought vibration, thought attraction. I didn't know all that stuff at the time, but I instinctively felt it back then. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty powerful stuff. Well, thank you, first of all, for sharing your story again. I know you've done it before, and, and you did it once again in a beautiful way, particularly tied into a, a topic as, as sensitive and as difficult as this one can be for many people. Um, but, uh, I think we've perhaps at least, you know, perhaps broken a few barriers and said, you know what, we can put this whole blame thing behind us. We don't need to blame anymore. We can actually decide we're going to just take some responsibility and just go for making our own lives better. Sometimes we need help to do that. By the way, if somebody does need some help immediately, maybe we have somebody listening who's in a place like that. You're probably a, a person they're interested in talking to because they figure, oh, well, that's somebody who climbed out of it. How do they reach out to you? Now, my website is joelelston.com. Uh, my email address is joelelston at gmail.com. Feel free to reach out in the, you know, either capacity. I'll, I'll always respond. If I can't help you, I can maybe refer somebody that can. But uh, uh, I, I, I'm passionate about the law of attraction. It, it's, uh, it's, it's just the thing that I felt I was born to do. And so uh, anytime I can apply it or help others see it, I love to do it. That sounds great. Well, thank you once again for doing this. I mean, I'm, I always look forward to doing our shows every week anyway, but this week was particularly good. So, I mean, just thank you yeah, for, for what you do. And uh, by the way, you won't. well, you're welcome. And, and for those who are new listeners, I want to remind you, most of our listeners are subscribers. If you're not a subscriber, take a moment, just go to the website, LOAToday.net, and subscribe. All the instructions are right there because uh, we want you to keep on coming back for episode after episode. Joel, been a pleasure. We'll talk again next week. All right, Walt. Great to talk to you, my friend. And we'll see you all next time as well here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody.